Hello and welcome to Episode Party, a podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tutor. And this week we are joined by Laura Ward. Hello. Hi. Um, right, Laura, thanks so much for coming on. It's a pleasure. And Jack, you are kicking us off this episode. Tell us a little bit about your recommendation. Yeah, so my recommendation is a podcast called Off Menu, which is a podcast by comedians James Acaster and Ed Gamble, British comedians no less, where they invite guests, comedians mainly, to come up with their dream meal. So the premise is is that James is a genie waiter and he can get any food from throughout the universe. (laughs) And so the guest gets the option to choose a starter, a main course, a side dessert and a drink. And they also get asked whether they want still or sparkling water and whether they want poppadoms or bread. Although poppadoms or bread is always screamed like poppadoms or bread at every single guest that they have. Uh, (laughs) And effectively, it's a launch pad, really, these meals to talk about food and drink and dining experiences and eating etiquette. I think what's fascinating is that the mere question of do you want still or sparkling water uh, often leads to the guest talking about, you know, some childhood experience where they thought sparkling water was really posh. And all of a sudden you're in the food and dining experiences of childhood. You've just got a really funny way to get there. So it's a very conversational podcast. It's it's a comedy podcast, uh, you know, essentially, which tends to happen when you put a bunch of comedians in the room. The episode that I picked for you guys to listen to is with Josie Long and I think she's a great comedian I've really enjoyed seeing her stand up in the past I think she's got a wonderful voice as well I did think obviously her dream meal choice is perhaps not the most vegan thing you could have gone for <laughs> uh, she goes for a bird within a bird within a bird as her like dream main course but what I do really like is that it seems to me in terms of my experience of this podcast to get across what I l- really like a lot about this podcast which is the fact that they end up talking about some things which I just don't think come up within the conversational sphere of podcasting but actually come up within my life quite a lot which is I went to this restaurant and I had a wicked meal and especially when it's comedians they've travelled low so they'll be like I had this dumpling in Oslo and it was fucking amazing and they're like talking about this meal they've had one time that they yearn for and food is such a, a passionate subject I think for some people to talk about and it has all these other memories attached. So the conversation kind of gets sidetracked but dragged on course again. I think James and Ed do a good job between them where Ed is the guy keeping it on the rails and James is the guy who's kind of pushing it into the absurd and almost subtly trying to derail the podcast, but they keep that balance just fine. And I think it often depends on the guests that you're getting on, whether it's a good episode. I listened to one with Lou Sanders, who is quite a... a bumbly like quite deliberately but all over the place as a comedian and that one didn't work very well but the one with Lolly Adafopi worked brilliantly and the one with Ashling B was great uh it's very warm it's good fun I'm enjoying it Freddie what do you think 
Yeah, this is one of those podcasts that I think is a bit of a genre mash because it's the, I think I've, I've definitely brought it up before, which is like kind of comedians off duty kind of podcast yeah, where you've yeah. got comedians who aren't, you know, ostensibly trying to do comedy, um, although invariably what they end up saying is usually quite funny. And then there's also this whole thing about being centred around food. So in the past, we've discussed Table Manners with Jesse Ware. True. Yeah. Where Jesse Ware and her mum has as a, have a guest on and they sit down and talk about food. Food and, and actually they, they cook so there's there, there, was, there was a jarring element of this podcast to me which was that the food didn't actually exist which I I, I mean I understand from a logistical perspective jarring. why that is <laughs> yeah I understand why it's imaginary but part meal. of me was like yeah but part of me was like what if they made it happen like what if I mean I guess there's just not a budget for that and that's okay and I won't hold that against them um <laughs> But I like that. And there's also another podcast, which is all centered around food, which I've been listening to and enjoying, which is, uh, it's um, actually Yotam Otolenghi, who has done some really lovely books. And he produced a book that came out last year called Simple, which is basically like really nice, simple recipes that he's done. He's quite like a godfather of vegetarian and vegan cooking. And he does a podcast where he basically cooks some dishes from his new book and then chats to someone about them. And then he has like good guests. And he had Lin-Manuel Miranda on, which was a really, really good episode. So anyway... But back to off menu, yeah, I, I I was okay with this one. I mean, I wasn't like I, I'll be honest, I wasn't like a hundred percent bowled over by it. I thought it was uh, really lovely and charming and and quite amusing, but it didn't grab me. But maybe maybe I'm missing the point. Maybe the conversation. There was definitely moments that grabbed me and there was moments that I felt really into it. And then there were other moments where I was kind of like switched off a little bit. Um, but maybe that's that what this kind of podcast is, which is the kind of podcast that doesn't require your like full attention yeah. 100% of the time. It feels very much like it's a good washing up podcast, because yeah. especially if you're talking about food after you've just ate food, at least you're not going to feel hungry. It's um, true. So I did enjoy it in that sense. I like James Acaster and I, I, I like Ed Gamble. I, I know him less, but I, I like him. And I, I do like JC Long. And we've indeed have podcasts that have featured JC Long on this very show before. Yep, shortcuts. Um, so yeah, I, I I thought it was good. Uh, like I say, I, I don't think I'll rush back to listen to the others, although I am intrigued to hear um some of the others you, you mentioned a couple that worked quite well jack was there any other any other standouts were there any other kind of were there runners up for a recommendation for this episode i think that how many have i listened to already i might have even mentioned every single one of them so there's yeah <laughs> lolly adifopi ashling b josie long i really enjoyed all of those and then lou sanders i didn't so much i downloaded the one with phil wang because i think phil wang is solid as well so i'm expecting big things from that one right i think yeah the fact is it is a hit and miss podcast i think that's the expense of having a very relaxed conversational podcasts is that they're not on high alert for like quick fire jokes and funnies at all times but uh yeah mm. so if you are going to dig yeah. deeper i'd i'd check those out first but um yeah i'm yeah. equally like intrigued by by the ones that aren't comedians so you've got like krishnan guru murphy in there grace dent who is a food critic for the yeah. guardian um and richard osman as well who is quite funny although i don't think he'd necessarily describe himself as a comedian so there's some quite good like there's some interesting guests in there and i think i did actually have i think i've still got it actually the christian guru murthy episode queued up on on overcast for me to listen to at some point because i'm intrigued as to how that conversation and the dynamic changes when you've not got three comedians all playing off each other but two and then someone who might be quite funny and jolly but isn't necessarily have that same kind of mindset yeah it didn't appeal um, to me in principle which is why i didn't download it so you'll have to let me know why 
weather ah. that's good yeah and herein lies the differences between us jack there we go <laughs> makes um, a good show. laura what did you think I, I secretly like how you, if that sounds like they lost you as soon as the food didn't materialise. Yeah. It's always like a, um, always like a death row last meal situation. You know um, me too well. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> um, I really liked it. I, um, I actually listened to the very first episode, which is with Scroobius Pip. Oh, yeah. I love him. And um, his one is really interesting because he has a stutter. And it's kind of interesting how they talk because... It's like you both have said, it's very conversational and they're not trying to one-up each other, no. which happens a lot with comedians when they try and, and talk and especially in Scrooby's Pip when they really listen to what he's talking about. Whereas with Josie, they've known Josie for years. You know, James was her support act for her tour. So so there's a real relationship there, which, which showed. Um, I liked it. I really like podcasts that are just conversational. You don't really have to worry about them. They're not here to change the world. They're just here to entertain and I thought it was really good. I um, listened back to the first one because they have they start the episode by saying that they're listening out for a certain word or yeah. certain ingredient, yep. mm. and I couldn't tell if that was a new thing. And actually, they've been doing that since day one. But it's a very new podcast, and it's very telling. It came out, it started in November last year, so it is really super new. I think they're just finding their feet with it. I think that there will be some episodes that work better than others just because of the rapport they have with the people they're bringing on and talking what they're talking about. It's food. Everyone likes to talk about food. Everyone, m- most people care about food and care about what they eat. So it's quite an easy topic to talk about with people. So it's quite interesting to see how some of the episodes didn't work and some of them did. It's I don't know. I really, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice... Like Freddie said, it's a nice one to listen to when you're doing the washing up. Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, you're right. I think it's definitely finding its feet. I mean, not least because on the Ashling B one, James A. Castrover slept by an hour and a half and missed this spot <laughs> in the studio. So wow. he's, he's getting used to being a podcaster and having to do things on schedule. Well, this is it. I I know both of them from, God, I don't even want to say how long ago it was when I worked at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, but there is a real sense at the Edinburgh Fringe where everyone just meets up and goes out for drinks and just hangs out after their acts. And I feel like they've really brought this to the podcast and it's really nice just to hear some very well-known people just sitting and having a natter and not trying to sell themselves or promote anything. They're just sitting and talking and being a bit silly about food. Yeah, and also as well, I love that they all go... When I was in Edinburgh, I had this incredible kebab or yeah. something as well. And there's not a lot of elitism around the food as well. A lot of people mm. are picking absolute slop that they got, maybe. And maybe it was a circumstantial pick where they're like, I was, you know, knackered and that was the perfect thing for that particular moment, which is the great thing about food, I think, you know. It's yeah. an experiential thing. It doesn't have to be fine dining to be absolutely bloody delicious. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give it more of a listen because I actually kind of yeah, want to grow. Come on, give it a go. I, 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 yeah, I wanted to I wanted to grow on me a little bit more. Um, all right, I like all right, ganked up on you. Yeah, I don't know how that's <laughs> happened. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's turn this around. Laura, you're in the hot seat now. Um, it's it's your turn. Tell us a little bit about your podcast and uh, what it's called and what you like about it and why you recommended it. 
Okay, so I've recommended the Potterless podcast, which is um, a band called Mike Schubert, who at 24 years of age decided to start reading the Harry Potter books for the first time. Um, It's literally a podcast of him going through with a guest, sometimes more than one, talking about certain chapters, but going through the linear of the Harry Potter books from start to finish. I discovered this at the end of last year and just fell in love with it. I really like the idea of someone who has been brought up in a generation where Harry Potter was so huge and was never into it and now as an adult he is listening to it and taking certain bits from it that we don't anymore if we've read them from when we were children but I know for myself Harry Potter is just such a phenomenon for me it's something that I always quote and go back to and care about because it was it left such an impression for me as a child and I really love the take on actually a guy who is a couple of years younger than me, reading it for the first time, who all of his friends have read it and everyone was telling him, why don't you like this? Um, Because everyone read it, or most people did, and if you didn't, it was kind of seen as a, oh, you don't like Harry Potter? You at least would watch the films, you at least would do something. He's done nothing, and he's now 26. He started this at 24, and the episode I recommended was with a girl called Dottie James, who is a... um, She's English, so it's really nice to hear an American man talking about things that he he didn't realise that treacle tart was a real thing. Yeah. Um, And having someone be there going, no, 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 this is actually (laughs) real and this is not. And something that they did since the episode that I recommended is they actually have a segment now with her where if they get stuck on a word or a phrase, they ask her to record a bit explaining if it's real or not, which I just think is great. And it's really an example of a podcast that's grown. He started it off not knowing where it was going to go. Now it's got millions of followers. It's really, really big now. But it's just lovely. And the episode I chose was very specific because it gets dark. It talks about a part of Harry Potter I had forgotten. And I think a part that if you only have seen the films, you will not have got or understood. And it actually goes into some really adult themes that lots of children were reading. So I'm really enjoying having an adult's perspective on that. Yeah. I um, find this podcast really interesting because... For a start, it's quite a commitment to listen to this because the kind of pace at which it runs is kind of quite slow. Like, he's not covering off a great deal of the book per episode. And the episodes are a good length. That's not a bad thing, by the way. That's just like, I think that's just an observation for the start. If you're going to commit to listening and following Mike on his journey to read all seven books, you've really got to commit to it because there is a lot going on here. Um, But at the same time, I think... To to his credit, what's nice about that is he gets into this kind of fine-grained detail and unearths these kind of nuances and uh, different readings of, of the book that you perhaps don't appreciate as a child. So like you say, Laura, there's all these kind of darker, uh, more adult themes um, and, you know, chat about things that as a kid you might not appreciate or, you know, might not be aware of, I guess. And and that's quite nice. And I think that also speaks a little bit to the kind of um, the books themselves and how they've been written in the sense that they can still appeal to adults as much as they can appeal to kids, which was definitely true when they first came out. But I think that's still kind of, I think the fact that that's still the case now says that that was actually always the case because I think there's a bit of a, a thing that happens, like a bias that comes in when, like a, when a 
new book comes out and it's a kid's book the the natural thing for people to do is go oh it appeals to adults as well as kids and then you know with the benefit of time you realize it doesn't really but i think harry potter is one of those things that it's kind of like time enduring and i think kids and adults are are always going to enjoy it so and i think the podcast is kind of unique in that sense as well because how I don't know anyone else who's completely unaware of Harry Potter, or at least uh, as aware of it, but chose not to even get remotely interested in reading any of the books. I'd be the first to admit, I don't think I've read all of them. I think I've missed (gasps) off at least one. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, But, (laughs) uh, yeah, uh, Jack's with me, it's fine. Um, But, uh, you know, I think think there's something quite unique about that, and it's cool that he kind of decided to capitalise on that and turn it into a podcast. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. I really enjoyed his chat with Dottie James. I think, like, the idea of having, like, a rotating set of guests is a really nice one. And I noticed that he kind of does a couple of episodes with each guest, which I suppose makes the most sense. You get more out of the recording time that way. But, yeah, I enjoyed their conversation. I enjoyed the way they kind of picked apart bits of the story story um, and discussed them uh, i enjoyed mike trying to understand the difference between great britain the uk ireland <laughs> northern ireland england wales scotland and how they all work because actually that's a lesson that i think i have to remind myself of about at least once a week <laughs> um, so I, I found that really really good as well i think you know it's a podcast that i could definitely see myself enjoying and um i should say actually because i haven't brought it up yet and it's starting to get a bit weird laura you are my girlfriend and we do live together we're actually just in different rooms of the house right now so there's <laughs> every chance i know i know don't act surprised um <laughs> Uh, there's every chance that I'm going to end up listening to this by virtue of the fact that we, we are in the same house and we do tend to listen to podcasts around each other. And I will definitely be happy to listen along with you. I don't know if I can commit to actually listen to the whole thing sequentially now because I feel like there's a lot going on here. I feel like it's a bit like when we discussed revolutions, Jack. And like, you know, to do revolutions as a podcast is quite a commitment. And indeed, yeah. there was a time when I tried to recommend podcasts to you and you just said no, because I'm listening to revolutions. <laughs> yeah, that happened that's... for about three weeks. Yes, um, three months, I think. Yeah, I've spoke for long enough, Jack. What did you think? Um, well, I wasn't looking forward to it because <laughs> I read Harry Potter as a kid. But then I think like you, Freddie, my reading fizzled out, I think around book five, because they just started to turn into these massive books. Right. And I was like, look. Um, I can't remember how old we were then. What, 14, 15? I don't know. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so computer games were happening and books were starting to be shoved to the back of my interest list. But I have felt, I think as an adult, as someone who's kind of read Harry Potter but has never been back to it, um, I, I get very lost in this sort of post-Harry Potter universe that we've now entered, you know, which is being played out by Fantastic Beasts and essentially seems to be a means of rewarding the loyalty of people who have stuck with it and have really gone deep into the Harry Potter universe. You know, I watched that recent Fantastic Beasts film with Lizzie, my wife, who's very into Harry Potter and knows all the characters and stuff and she was nudging me through it like looking astonished and I was like look you're going to get nothing from me mate I have no (laughs) idea who any of these people unless Harry crops up now I'm lost from this point in so I was worried that it was going to be operating on this level of super fandom and discussing minor characters and and a lot of things that again I I felt I was going to get quite left behind on but I think obviously it's a relief that there's a chap who's reading it for the first time so he kind of is in my boat in the sense that he's not coming in with this wealth of Harry Potter knowledge. 
And it does play out in part in the fact that they do get into some granular discussions. But granted, they seem to be having a really wonderful time doing it. So I think if you're going in and knowing the stories and hearing these people talking about this stuff, it's probably really exciting. But actually, there was a lot in there for me that I found really interesting because there's this more universal theme, which is you've got some adults. I mean, as you say, Laura guy in his mid-twenties who was probably definitely coming wise to Harry Potter at the time that all the books were coming out and, you know, the midnight launches of the books and stuff like that and managed to duck his head down and, you know, live in his bunker and completely pass the whole thing by. There is something fascinating about someone existing outside that culture bubble that we all occupied and seemed to... You you couldn't move without a Harry Potter book being thrown in your face at the age of, like, 11 or 12. So it's really, really fascinating to see an adult negotiating this stuff for the first time. Uh, And also it's very interesting to hear the guests sort of have a, a reconciliation with their own memories of the book. I mean, there seemed to be a lot here about confronting your nostalgia, about, oh, I, you know, read this bit and this is what I thought at that time. And, you know, now when I read it back, Christ, there's so much more going on here than I first realised. And you talked about the darker themes. I mean, they get on the subject of there's moments of sexual assault, there's moments of domestic abuse, like all quite like packed together just in this particular chapter. And they talk about unearthing that as adults. But I also thought that the more kind of comedic, light-hearted revelations that come to play or conversation topics that come to play were quite interesting. So they talk about the fact that potions class should be an absolute dos because you're just following instructions (laughs) and it should be like cooking and it's that's the kind of thing that unless you go back and revisit these books you're just you won't think about but i think from the perspective of an adult you start to question this world so much more they talk about the quidditch rules changing you know it's just little things like that and also as well what i find is really interesting and, and and came to mind as i was listening is the fact that they talk about jk rowling as a writer which to me was mind-blowing for some reason because I just thought, <laughs> Christ, as a kid, you never question the author and their abilities at all. There's this, there's, there's no division between story and author. It's just the story. But to hear her under the lens of sort of like the critique of, you know, oh, this part was written a bit shit because <laughs> I'm a wordsmith myself um, was, was really interesting. So obviously it's a long episode. It's like 70 minutes long and as you say, Freddie, they're they get two chapters done in that time because they're, you know, busy having a natter. But I was surprised at how much I got out of it and, and definitely found a lot in there for me, even as someone who's completely Harry Potter oblivious these days. It is really funny how as something like Harry Potter is so vast, it is such a saga, like you say, there's so many expansions of the world happening. He called it the podcast Potterless because there's a whole site called Pottermore which is J.K. Rowling's baby Um, yeah makes sense now Um, and she puts on their easter eggs and family trees and it's it's still happening now stories are still being created and and planned out and there's a play in London and it's it's this massive thing and it's really interesting to look back at such a specific moment in one of the books that I'd completely forgotten about I'll be the first to say I remember the highlights (laughs) I remember the linear, I remember the story, but I don't stop and think how did, you know, the villain of the of the piece become the villain and his whole family's backstory and it was really refreshing to not only 
hear them talk about that but the fact that that's a writer writing intentionally for young children and she tackles racism sexism sexual assault she talks about you know and and in a magical world but always saying that how you can be a better person as a result and it's really funny the kind of almost life lessons that people took from a children's book without even realizing they were doing it right well for sure it's yeah and it's it's like you say i've never thought about jk rowling as a bad writer but i have read the play that's in london because she released it as a script and it is funny as an adult when you look at someone you admire and respect as much as i admire and respect jk rowling and you think huh okay you're an excellent (laughs) storyteller but when does the story take over yeah what you're trying to actually say yeah yeah for sure I think it's really interesting you say about the life lessons. I I stumbled across a podcast just the other day called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Mm. Have you heard of that? Love that that one. Love that one. Oh, cool. What's the deal with that? So so the premise from what I could see was that basically it's looking for means of drawing life lessons and morality out of the Harry Potter books. Is that the vibe? They basically treat it as if the books were the Bible. So each chapter and each bit is is talked about as in if you think about the bible a lot of people who are religious believe it as a book of morals as a way that you can live your life and learn from these stories that aren't necessarily real and so harry potter and the sacred text they literally go through the chapters and they almost give a sermon on life lessons because it's true you can look at pretty much any chapter of any of these books and they discuss something even if it's subtle and so yeah they they draw it out and it's really interesting when you take a step back and go oh yeah they're talking about you know house elves being slaves and treated differently and that's come from you know our history yeah yeah that's that's what they've done with that it's it's another really good one I, i was tempted to put that one in but this one i have been obsessed with and freddie can attest that i have been listening to it i hadn't started it i started it in november there are 67 episodes all about 70 minutes long and i am now up to date what <laughs> yeah wow. yeah are you up to date as well freddie then <laughs> by extension <laughs> you know what you know what i, I feel kind of bad for laura because when we're in the car doing long journeys especially i i usually like try and capitalize on that time as episode party listening time which means that laura is usually a captive audience with me blasting podcasts through the um car stereo and they're normally the ones that i need to listen to so um i think you listen to we'll get into listening habits later but i think you, you tend to listen to them when you're at work and stuff like that don't you yeah i i'm one of those people i like noise i like him and, and something like you. that is is good because it's not as distracting as music is to me i find music very distracting and it's almost nice especially it's one of the reasons why i really liked um your recommendation jack because i was able to put that on at work and not focus on what they're talking about and just get on with my day wow because i knew i could go in and out of it as as and when i wanted to and i would still know what they were talking about blimey so the words don't distract you because i can't listen to a podcast no. at work whoa i always wonder that's because like, i don't i mean i know i know when you're um when you're doing stuff for like attention magazine and stuff like that jack you're writing and i i you know spend 80 percent of my work day writing and i think writing and listening to words and like listening to speech it never really tends to work um, <laughs> you just end up writing what you're hearing <laughs> but i guess if you're not if you're not like a hundred percent you know spending all your time having to like think up what you're saying and writing it then it's then I suppose listening to podcasts might be a little bit easier. I'd love to be in a position where I could do that. I 
was forever jealous of one of my old housemates who could do his work and watch Netflix at the same time. That's insane. He says he I can. I bet his work was a pile of <laughs> trash. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, Just there like, ru- it's helping me. It's helping me. <laughs> it's helping me. Yeah, sure it is, mate. I'm going to round this off with uh, my recommendation and I hope that it's a hit like everyone else this has been. So I picked a podcast that invariably plays up to the fact that Laura is on this episode as a guest because this podcast is centred around the uh, US office. So the office, but the, the US version, not the UK version. And although this kind of plays around the fact that Laura and I tend to watch it together I also thought this plays towards the fact that Jack you and I very much bonded over The Office when we first were getting to know each other Um, but the UK UK version yes and for a long time I decided that the UK one was vastly superior to the US office and Laura to your credit you've managed to convince me to give the US office a go and I've come to really really love it i'm still not 100 percent sure which one wins but i certainly don't think that the u.s office is inferior anymore i was just gonna say i don't think either can win they're both so different yeah yeah mm. exactly and and I, I i would agree like i think they they both have their own merits and you know the u.s office is like an absolute marathon compared to the sprint of the uk office because the uk office lasted two seasons with like two rounds of specials whereas the u.s office is like nine seasons of 20 odd episodes per season so it's 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 a significantly different show especially once you get after the after the first season the first season basically apes the the uk's first season and it doesn't really work because american humor and u.s humor are entirely different things but as soon as they start taking it in their own direction it, it, it becomes its own thing anyway that's a roundabout way of saying that I recommended a podcast called Somehow I Manage, which is on the Incomparable Network and features uh, recurring recommendee uh, Tiff Arment, who <laughs> has definitely popped up a couple of times before now, uh, who co-hosts the podcast with Mika Sargent, and they talk about the office in the US, so the US office, and Generally, every episode is quite similar. So in each episode, they take an episode of The Office and break it down and talk about why they enjoy it. Um, And they go into some detail. They sometimes talk about behind the scenes bits as well you know trivia that kind of thing they're clearly two people who who love this this show um to the point where you know that they've, they've definitely thought about it in the sense that you know their their twitter handle for the podcast is um at tall underscore beats which is a reference to the show which um jack i'm gonna yeah. spoil it is that I, all right i had no idea what that was about but yeah don't <laughs> don't spoil it okay well yeah it, it's a reference to the show and when you get to the episode where that's referenced you'll find it quite funny but yeah and there's little things like that and they do the dundies which um is again like i'm, I'm spoiling it a little bit here but it is like a award ceremony that they 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 do within the office um in in the show and so at the end of each episode of somehow i manage they award a dundee to someone who's usually a listener so there's little things like that and i just think it's a really nice show that plays tribute to something that the two hosts of this show are, are clearly really really care about and really really enjoy um so i deliberately chose an episode to recommend that is an earlier episode from the kind of 
arc of um the office so i chose the um episode 23 of somehow i manage which is uh the episode called good morning vietnam which is season two episode 17 of the office the show there was a lot of episodes and numbers and stuff going on there but hopefully that made sense (laughs) basically they're talking about season two episode 17 good morning vietnam um which is yeah a very early episode in the whole office um world so I didn't want to give you one, Jack, that required you having a real solid knowledge of the backstory of all the characters and stuff like that. Thank this you. one kind of, I think, works on its own level. And I, yeah, I just really enjoy it. So I guess the first thing to ask you, Jack, before I get you to tell me what you thought about the podcast is, um, did you watch this episode in question before you listened to the podcast or after or whatever? I did. Yes, I did yeah. watch it. I watched it and then immediately listened to the episode. Straight ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And and what did you think? To both. <laughs> uh, do you know, I've got a feeling that the US office is something that requires some kind of momentum to be gathered because right. it wasn't my kind of thing. There are a couple of points where I laughed. There's a point where, I mean, basically the premise of the episode, I can't remember if we said yet, but mm. one of the characters, Dwight, has to do a speech at a sales conference and he's just getting all prepped. And... Uh, as he's going into the conference hall thinking it's just going to be like a little conference, it turns out to be like a Tony Robbins-style like massive event and the lights go down, this trance music starts playing. That bit I did laugh at. What, <laughs> what my thoughts were was coming out of the watching the episode and feeling kind of okay about it, it was all right, is thinking, right, do I now want to... A bit like um, Potterless, actually. Do I want to now go through the process of listening to two people talk about something that I kind of part enjoyed? And the answer turned out to be yes, absolutely, because hmm. I ended up actually enjoying the episode more for hearing two people talk about it and talking about how the episode kind of fits into the story so far, how it builds on certain complexities of each of the characters. And also as well, I mean, we've talked about a show called Four Finger Discount, which is where two guys get together and talk about each Simpsons episode and run through them and basically repeat every single joke and laugh at them all over again, which sounds absurd. But you realise that these podcasts, and somehow I manage is the same, hold that function of if you're going through and watching a series on Netflix or whatever, everyone's watching something different. You want to talk about it, you want to debrief and break it down. And, you know, if there are little details where you're like, did anyone see that little tiny joke at the back or, you know, that little reference there you want someone to talk about them with and this podcast offers an opportunity to you know kind of join in the discussion with two people who can't hear you but you know you still get that kind of cathartic release of like aha two other people saw this and i thought it was really interesting to hear tiff and mika talk about those tiny obsessive details like the fact they talk about some previous episode where Dwight gets a commission from Jim and perhaps that's why he's getting Salesman of the Year at this particular episode. And I thought that was really cool. They're the kind of details that I imagine you listen to as a fan and you're like, holy shit, I never thought about that. And I think Mika even says as much in the episode. And they also kind of psychoanalyze, is it Michael Scott? 
that's his name yes yes his like sales technique and they say well perhaps that's how he got to the status of manager you know because uh that they're they're able to kind of go deep on these things and and even though he looks like an absurd character perhaps there is some integrity in there so i think it's a podcast that speaks to the fact that the characters are well written because there's clearly lots of material to go over here and lots to discuss about character intentions and the fact that they're quite flawed and contradictory and all these lovely things that make us all human beings so I think it's a cool podcast. I I don't think I'm going to be pursuing the show because I'm listening to Revolutions. No, I'm not really. <laughs> but uh, I I just think that these kind of podcasts are great, and I think I'm, I am planning to go back and watch Twin Peaks again soon. And I know there's a podcast that runs through all of Twin Peaks uh. from start to finish. So this listen to this podcast has really made me realise how enjoyable it can be to just be in the company of two people nattering about something you've enjoyed watching. I think that's as much of a compliment as you could give something that's based on something you didn't really get on board with. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I and, and, and all like in that. all seriousness, that's a, that's a really nice thing to say. I think I think you're right that The Office as a as a as a series, like as a program, does require the US one specifically requires an incredible amount of investment because you're right to pick up on the fact that the most interesting thing i think about the show as a whole is the character development Mm. and you've kind of got a bit of a shortcut with somehow i manage because they give you a lot of the backstory so that you don't have to go and find it yes um but you're right the character development throughout this the 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 show is 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 incredible and that's what makes it so compelling and there are some funny bits but you i mean american humor just by its very nature is kind of slapstick so having dwight go on stage at the end of that episode and give this speech that's taken from like you know bastardized <laughs> from famous dictators when he starts off by banging his fist and saying blood alone moves the wheels of history <laughs> it's like it's 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 funny in a way that's like quite top level funny like it's funny because it's like a funny mistake and he's not aware and everyone else is ha 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 but like you don't get a lot out of it in the long term whereas you know when you do watch it over you know nine series you 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 do start to really enjoy it nine seasons you do start to really enjoy it but i'm i'm glad you liked the podcast at least i think it is very well put together it was i thought that bit actually of the episode this is getting a bit off track but they even talk about this in the podcast it's kind of prescient because yeah you're right it is top level funny but they also talk about the fact that with the right charisma you can say a lot of things and get people really riled up and on board which feels Mm. you know for the American political situation, uh, feels like an a- appropriate thing to be talking about, really. So that yeah. was quite interesting. There's a few layers going on, which, you know, definitely as I was watching it, I was like, that's a slapstick thing. But hearing them again, hearing them dissect it, I'm like, there's there's layers there. Yeah, I mean, slightly, slightly worrying in a way that... Um that's how they they predicted the future but that's the way i should also (laughs) i should also like give a major shout out at the end to mika who attempts to do the whole of dwight's speech oh yeah bless him without cracking and it it was quite a good attempt to be fair i quite enjoyed it i thought that was a good ending to the um to to the episode um laura what what did you make of it Ah, I like that you you chose this podcast knowing I'm a fan of The Office. Um, what what Freddie hasn't really made clear is how much persuasion it took for me to get Freddie to watch it in the first place. Because <laughs> I've watched the both offices, and I've always loved the US one. I've always gone back to it. It is always my. I'm not feeling great. I'm going to stick something on. I will stick on The Office. Um, mm. 
I do like the UK one, but I think that something which is almost the opposite to you, Jack, is I find the UK office humour not my cup of tea because yeah, I can't deal with cringy comedy. I I really <laughs> struggle in when it's very realistic and it is just it, it makes me very uncomfortable and not I can't I, I get too into the scene rather than actually seeing it as funny. Yeah. Whereas this is the opposite. It's so slapstick and, and this episode is a good example of it is so ridiculous, it's almost unbelievable. Right. Almost. But due to current politics it is very believable. <laughs> but <laughs> With with The Office, and I, I am interested, Freddie, as to why you chose this episode of the podcast, because when when I tried to persuade Freddie to watch the TV show, I chose very specific standalone episodes that I knew would be funny with no context. Yeah. Um, whereas this one and quite a lot of the show, you have to have that build-up, which is really hard when you're trying to sell a show to someone knowing that the first season they are trying to copy a humour that is not natural to them. Yeah, They yeah. have a lot of incredible improv actors and comedians in that show. And to get them to try to do English sarcastic humour was never going to work. It, you know, you've got Steve Carell literally being dressed up like Ricky Gervais. And they are not the same, that the humour isn't spiked from the same place. No. And it's... It is interesting. I really enjoy the podcast mainly because of how it's edited. I loved the snippets of the episode. I loved the little, almost like the the quotes taken directly from the episode and just popped in whilst they were talking about it. It helped give a clearer understanding of the narrative of the episode. Um, Yeah, I really, I, I mean... I could sit and talk about The Office all day. So I love listening to other people sitting and talking about The Office all day. <laughs> um, and the way they do it, you like you said, you can just you can tell they care. You can tell that they're really looking into it and finding hidden meanings, hidden narratives, because it's a very clever show. And it is one where we're actually getting to the last season. Freddie has nearly finished the last season. And it is very interesting when you reflect on the journey that these characters take. And this is a really good example where they are now looking back and going, oh, I never even thought about Dwight's commission. And little moments like that, which are just so real. And that is, you know, Jim's reaction and how he's trying to play off that it's fine. But actually, he's got more important things because he's having difficulties in his personal life. I think they really draw out those relationships. And I, I really enjoyed it because of the podcast. I would say... Uh, it's a hard one to listen to if you don't know The Office because I couldn't even remember the episode very well. I had to listen to it and then go back and watch the episode. I mm. I remembered it when they were talking about it, but I wouldn't be able to remember the intricacies. Whereas, um, I won't give away any spoilers, but there is an episode which is a date night, which um, is the episode I showed to Freddie, the very first one. And that is a very memorable episode. Why did you choose this episode, Freddie? Was there a particular reason? Yeah, it was just one of the ones that I thought is probably the most accessible. I didn't necessarily think it was the funniest standalone episode. I thought there were bits of it that were funny, but I just thought in terms of the general setup, I mean, for a start, you've got the kind of playoff between Jim and Dwight, which is very similar to the the playoff between Tim and Gareth in yeah. the UK office. Like yeah. they're 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 like for like characters, and their their interaction is very is very similar. So I, I kind of just went for an episode that I was like, oh, I remember that 
one from the beginning i remember it being super straightforward and like you know you don't have to know a lot about the backstory to, to kind of mm. get it in retrospect i think yeah you're right date night would have been a very good one to choose it is a bit of a unique one it has a bit more of a story to it that i must admit i think you showed me the date night episode the first time round and I found it funny but when I got to it the second time round when I'd watched all the episodes leading up to it I found it really funny because I understood the backstory a lot more and it was even better so yeah there wasn't a particular reason but nonetheless I'm glad you both enjoyed the podcast (laughs) (laughs) I got got desperately bring it back to the podcast because we are getting into uh, office land it sounds like yeah sorry that's my fault you 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 dangled the carrot this is on you (laughs) but no I I really did enjoy the podcast I know I I know I've kind of questioned the episode choice but I did enjoy it I did enjoy how they have gone about editing it and making it work and I do think that they for someone who doesn't watch The Office, you will understand it from their commentary. And someone who does watch it and cares about it, you'll understand it and then some. So I, I do think it was a it's a it is a good podcast and it's a good recommendation. Yeah, there you go, Freddie. Ah, oh, well, there we go. I think I think we've done well all round this episode in terms of our recommendations for each other. I think we've um, we've all we've all enjoyed them in a good sense, and that is what episode party is mostly all about beautiful so laura i'm intrigued as to your relationship with podcasts do you know what's really funny is before i met freddie i didn't have a relationship with podcasts at all my background is theater my background is live viewing as it were i don't really go to the cinema as often as other people i know i tend to go to the theater or go to watch performances and so for me podcast was never a thing i have a much stronger connection with music and musical theatre. So when Freddie came along, he introduced me. It must have been off. I mean, we've been together now a year and a half, but you first introduced me to My Dad Wrote a Porno. And I remember yes. it very specifically in our first week of courtship, as it were. You told me, if you like this, you need to listen to it. And I was thinking, what's, what's he trying to say here? <laughs> but um, it's, it was a good podcast, and that then started my relationship with them. I, I mean, when you've got someone like Freddie, you're going to listen to podcasts all the time. That's just a given. We listen to podcasts more than we listen to music, especially on car journeys and driving around. But for me, I'm always drawn to storytelling or commentary rather than political or hard-hitting agenda because there's some really amazing podcasts out there which are very important but I find that my when I choose to listen to podcasts it's when I actually don't want to be focusing on them too much I find that if I stop and start a podcast it stresses me out because I then feel like I have to go back before I can carry on which then basically means that there will be times where I will listen to an episode, the same part of an episode about five or six times. Yeah, yeah. Because I just don't want to miss anything. So for me, things like Potterless, things like, um, you know, I listen to a lot of... I'm a big fan of YouTube, so there's a um, set of brothers called Hank and John Green, and they have a podcast which is only of any interest to anyone who knows them but I like things like that which are much more conversational that I can like we were saying earlier I can be at work I can be doing whatever I need to do and I can put it in and I can just let it almost drown out and just not worry about it Um, yeah Freddie can attest I'm not a fan of silence so having Hmm. a podcast on or something (laughs) like that where I can just enjoy it and just enjoy it at face value is is my kind of thing but we listen to such a variety 
So I I could never say that there is one particular style or genre that I really listen to all the time. <laughs> yeah, fair. That's the beauty of podcasts. Yeah. And it's funny because it's it's now I listen to them, I almost kick myself for not having had a vested interest before because it's all well and good when someone else introduces you to them, but someone like Freddie who, you know, you guys do this podcast and this is something that's very, very important. It's always like, I wish, I, I wish I'd had this or something we could have talked about beforehand that I'd got into, but it just, it just passed me by, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. well, I think that's, it's, we're still in a strange time where people will say things like, and understandably, but they'll say, are you into podcasts? Which yes. is a bit like saying, are you into television? It's like, well, what do I yeah. do with that question, you know? But I think it's just because it is something that doesn't do a very good job at promoting itself or its utility or the right. fact that essentially that podcasting could be anything. So, you know, there's always one for you. It, it, podcasting doesn't do well to, to promote that side of it. I think it's also a very, it's an introvert hobby, if you think about it. It's like yes. reading. It's a very, you sit there and you put on your headphones or you listen and if you listen with other people, you know, Freddie and I listen in the car, we're not talking. We yeah. might talk about the podcast once it's over, but it's something that you engage with and you're concentrating on at that time. And it's a very internal, singular activity. So it almost doesn't give itself, you know, you think about theatre or cinema where it's a lot of you in a room watching the same thing. And that's just not happened yet. Whether that could happen in the future, whether that is something that becomes bigger maybe who knows i mean like you say it's such early days with it and it's such an unknown to a lot of people but i think it just does it's never really given itself to being bigger than just you think about podcast as someone sitting like reading a book just sitting and having it just to themselves yeah totally mm. that's why live podcasts are so weird you yeah. like you're listening and then you laugh and then you hear a hundred other people laugh you're like whoa who's there because you, <laughs> you forget that you know obviously it's a it, it suddenly becomes an extrovert experience but yeah no you're right it is a lot like reading which is why uh things like podcast brunch club are so good you know or podcast like episode party brilliant podcast because it means that you know you can actually talk about these things with other people you're not just bunged up in your head with all these thoughts about podcasts isn't that right freddie yeah and that is why <laughs> we do the show yeah <laughs> oh dear well brilliant i think that draws us to a close well laura thanks so much for coming on and joining us and coming up with uh, such a such a good recommendation that i think probably took us both by surprise in a weird way yeah like oh. it was it was a, it was a good one it was yeah. uh it was a it was a nice one. We we both both enjoyed it. I think. Yeah, I hope so. I had a good time with it. it. Yeah. Hey, enjoyed it. That's good. That's all we. That's that's what we're going for. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if if you if you want to find out anything else about the podcast that we've recommended, um, including links to um, the the shows themselves and the episodes we spoke about, um, you can find them all in our show notes, and they are at www.episode.party. If you want to give us a recommendation for a podcast yourself, you can tweet us. We're at episode underscore party on Twitter. And we are at hello at episode.party on email if you're not a Twitter type person. I think that just about covers this, doesn't it, Jack? Yeah, very much so. Smashing. Well, thanks very much. And uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Hold up. 
Hi, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to Episode Party. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye.